What's up, everyone? This is Jackie, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. As a warning, this podcast contains spoilers for The Legend of Korra. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Talk Avatar. My name's Rachel. My name is Jackie. And today we're talking about episode 11 of season 4 of this Legend of Korra. <laughs> I was going to say, of season 4. If you haven't seen that show, check it out. <laughs> there we go. That's the whole episode. There we go. Done. Uh, this was actually, um, we were talking about before we started recording a really good episode. Yeah. This is what we love. Mm-hmm. We have nothing love to complain about. about Korra is this episode. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there was only one thing that I had a question about. <laughs> Hopefully you can answer. I have a few questions, but. Um, so in the beginning, Kuvera is giving, Kuvera? Why did I say her name so weird? Is giving a speech on taking back Republic City. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly logical. Like, land was taken away from the Fire Nation. Totally not cool. They took it away from them and gave it to the world. And how rude is that? Okay, totally. That's fair. But then she says, um, Republic City is ours. Mm-hmm. But you're Earth Nation. You're not Fire Nation. So it's not... And no, that's... You just... You contradicted yourself in your speech. You're like, it belongs to the Fire Nation. Does it's she ours. Say it's the Fire Nation? Yeah. You know, Dang. because... That, and she's right, because <clears throat> it was taken away from the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. So she's not wrong. She's like, it's not mine and it's not yours, but I'm going to claim it. Yeah, so. that's kind of what it felt like. Like, she started off on this, like, noble idea that this land that was taken away from the Fire Nation people would be given back. And then she's like, it's ours. No, no. <sighs> yeah, um, there's a part where, I mean, this is later in the episode, and it's something, like, I feel like no one would notice, but I noticed. And it's when Iroh's ships are coming in to, like, the Fire Nation is coming to support, fight Kavira. And you see the ships. One of the ships directly cuts through Air Temple Island. <laughs> Just, like, full-on goes through I did it. not notice that at and all. I, I went back. I went back and watched it again because I was like, wait, what? Like thinking it was a shadow that they went through or something. No, it full on looks like it's going straight through Air Temple Island. And then she's like, well, that's demolished. So <laughs> and they're all staying on Air Temple Island. So, <laughs> so that show's over. <laughs> they're dead. Kavira didn't need to do anything. Speaking of dead, hundreds dead every time I a ship gets know. hit with a dubstep cannon. But luckily, the way they get around this is showing people, you know, surviving and it's like well how many people didn't survive the initial blast yeah huge explosions on these ships yeah people like hundreds if not thousands of people died this episode kuvira does not care at this point she no she's like if you're in my way you're dead exactly i don't care i mean we saw at the end of the episode too exactly but it's just like what this escalated so quickly we went from her being like a more understanding like dictator (laughs) i guess to a point of like she's not gonna use violence and now it's like that is the only resource she has there's nothing else yeah she's given up on her re-education camps and everything else (laughs) it didn't work out it didn't work out too good um also another thing that bothered me (laughs) but um if anyone wants to shed light on this (laughs) we're always like we're like this was a great episode but let me tell you what sucked about it or let me tell you what was wrong Pema putting her kids in danger. Uh, and Tenzin's like, okay. I'm so proud of you. I know. No. Those are your babies. I thought the same thing. They're like, well, Rohan's I would not safe, do- so yeah. we're fine. I'm sorry, but Milo's like, how old is Milo? He can't even be 10. No. And you're going to put him in harm's way? <laughs> anyway, um, 
any the only kid that I would trust in battle and I would feel okay with is Janora. Absolutely. The other ones are too young. They should not be traumatized with battle. Like, why would you do that to a little kid? Yeah, put him in battle. Let him kill people and be maybe be killed. It's a life or death okay. situation. Pema's of no use either. You're not a bender. Yeah, you're a parent. Used, your job is to make like, babies. all you did was help Prince Wu, like, shuffle people into yeah. a train. That was it? I could have done that. Anyone could have done that. I guess that's why Pema could have done it. But still, <laughs> like, who who has their baby? Who is watching their baby baby? Rohan. Oh, I don't know. They just shipped him off with some random person? It's fine. And Pema's with her other kids? Like... Yeah, that whole thing, I thought for sure it was like Tenzin's going to shut it down. And he's like, oh my gosh, let me hug you guys. And I'm like, what? Like, you're Tenzin, the only thing you have to do in life is repopulate. That's it. And you're going to take your hard work, (laughs) your life's work, and put it in harm's way. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, they should have gotten out of there and been safe. Do you remember last season or maybe it was no it was last season when he was so afraid of letting Janora do anything and now he's and like now all of like, them they can go fight an actual war exactly he's like you guys can be right in the middle of it I don't care I don't care if there's a huge dubstep cannon that can annihilate you within seconds I'm gonna put you out there ridiculous crazy that bothered me a little bit yeah it bothered me too also disturbing seeing Tenzin in the suit yeah a hundred percent I was like, not, not like used to un- this this <laughs> makes me feel uncomfortable um the giant mech thoughts it gives me it's giving attack on titan vibes for me (laughs) i just kept thinking i'm like okay how did she build that with the time frame that we've been given yeah i I don't know impressive the amount of and the resources it would take to build the fact that that mech can move so like with her movements so freely freely without having any kind of like clunkiness to yeah it. like there is some but very little and i'm like this thing is ginormous there is no it's way it's huge like realistically honestly. this is not moving yeah <laughs> how are you moving this so freely because she's a metal bender of course but still yeah you know like i am a mech fan i love gundam and pat labor and all that stuff but I don't want it in Avatar. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about this yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it felt, it. Ugh, it's kind of underwhelming. You know, the, the canon itself is super overwhelming. And yeah. then it's on this like mech that I don't care about. If I were everyone else, I mean, what President Raiko did, I'd be like, yeah, I surrender too. After seeing that. Yeah, he's, like, he wasn't messing around at it's all. It's so OP. Yeah. You really can't, you really can't fight it. And then their idea to fight against it is stupid. It just, yeah, <clears throat> it was too, too overpowered, this, this mech. Mm-hmm. And you don't, I forget that, the, I forgot that it was even, there was going to be a gigantic mech because there's been mechs throughout the whole thing and we're like, oh my gosh, we get it, okay? And then they're like, you know what, let's just combine it all and make one giant one. It's just like the kind of stuff you would see in an anime, like yeah. a super robot anime is what yeah. it reminds me of. The the yeah. big boss mech has to be the biggest one. Exactly um milo fart jokes thoughts i when <laughs> when that fort came on when he was like i want to go and capture Patar jr and they're like cora is like no you can't because you need to be quiet and with your farts i was like imagine being a voice actor and having that as one of your life <laughs> your farts like, are too loud your farts are too loud how do you i would just be like this is what i'm spending my time on making fart jokes i mean 
I guess as a little kid, if you're a little kid, it makes sense. But as a grown adult, and she says it so seriously, that's what got me. She says it sincerely. Yeah, it's not like she was talking down to him. Yeah. It was like she She's was like, talking to another grown-up. Like, your, your farts. farts are just too loud. <laughs> it's cringy. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I, that's so Nickelodeon. Like, I, but it's different, I guess, than what I'm used to because we've talked before. I'm a Nickelodeon kid. I grew up in, with the 90s Nickelodeon. It's superior to everything that's ever been created as 90s Nickelodeon stuff. And the humor for that was always really gross. And it was yeah, a lot of, yeah. like, fart jokes and stuff like that. But... That was because it was a it, it was car, it was a cartoony cartoon. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this super serious. Literally, thousands of people have just been blown up by a freaking dubstep cannon. The entire world could be destroyed, and you're gonna put that in. And it's just like ah, they the age group the the demographic that I thought for Cora was you know older, a little older, not like my age. Obviously, I'm old and grumpy, but. You know, like older teen. Yeah, yeah. And to have that kind of joke, it was like, uh, yeah, that's exactly how I felt about it. I was just like, I felt like it was very unnecessary, and (laughs) it made me cringe because I was just like, we go from Kuvira killing, annihilating people, like just thousands dead. If you're anywhere near that, make you're dead. And then it's like you have Cora making not even a fart joke. It was just like a. Hey, no, you can't do this, bud. <laughs> and he's like, "You're right." And it was, yeah, it yeah. Was he just, farted, and he then farted. he's like, "You're right." <laughs> like, you couldn't hold it in. I just don't like Milo. I don't either. I can't stand Milo. Okay. Yachi doesn't like fart jokes either. <laughs> Thank God. Yep, there she is whining about him. <laughs> She's again. like, "Nope, can't take it." Uh, what was my point? Oh, I've talked uh before about how you know off podcast anyways about Batar Jr. and Kuvira's relationship and how I was under the impression the first time I watched it and it had been years that she truly loved him and that him dying was a sacrifice that she just had to make and which is we'll complain about in future episodes why the way the season ends is doesn't make a lot of sense I don't know how to say that without spoiling anything yeah yeah she's at the point where she's willing to kill the man that she's in love with Mm -hmm. for her goal like, there is no, at that point, if you're, I just don't see how you could ever turn back. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you you would kill that guy, now what? Like, there's nothing that would ever make you stop, except for death. Exactly. So, that was my, the memory that I'd had of the show, and then re-watching this episode, I think I was correct yeah. on that. I think my memory is correct, that they wrote it so that she really did love him, but then was at the point where she was like, I just have to sacrifice. My goal is larger than any one of us. Mm-hmm. So she was willing to kill him. So I, I don't know if you got the same impression. No, I definitely did. I, You know, it's when it hit me is before she goes into Republic City and they're hugging and talking about getting married. And just like they did a really good job with her facial expressions there because it showed that she does truly love him, care for him, you know. And then when she hangs up the phone knowing that the avatar captured him she just said i love you Mm -hmm. you know and if she didn't really care for him it wouldn't have been it would have been meaningless you know there would be no emotion behind it but like you're saying the fact that she's willing to sacrifice her fiance and this guy that has been by her side this whole time yeah he turned his back on his own family for her yeah and he's still i guess the the thing with that whole situation too that bothered me is cora's like oh we're handling this wrong and she's trying to 
you know, get it out of him by using Kuvira. I would think that he would be smart enough to know that, like, that wouldn't work. I yeah. guess, like, uh, maybe for him, he's so dedicated to Kuvira that it doesn't, he'll follow her no matter what. But at the end of the day, his goal is not to take a city, it's to be with Kuvira. Yeah. Whereas Kuvira is to take over everything. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference in that and just the way that he responds to Korra and how he's like, oh, no, don't separate me from Kuvira, you know? But, I mean, I would want a guy as dedicated to the issue as me. Yeah. Willing to kill me to take over. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, so Batar Jr. is not your type. Got no, it. definitely not. Uh, <laughs> a three? <laughs> three? Um, <laughs> I had a point to make, and I'm terrible at this and get sidetracked all the time. Um about that about what you just said oh yeah you know i didn't the writing there felt kind of clunky because batar jr is such a smart guy mm-hmm. that first of all how is so where is cora gonna run to yeah i'm gonna keep you separated from her forever yeah. well at some point you're gonna have to kill him because she's gonna take over the city and yeah. then she's gonna take over wherever you go next and the entire world is gonna be taken over by Kuvira and her dubstep cannon and then what are you gonna do then you have nowhere left to go you have nowhere left to take him to and the fact that that didn't cross his mind where he's like, okay, well, <laughs> do you need to answer? No, that? I don't. <laughs> yeah, that has to stay in. Um, <laughs> the fact the fact that he couldn't, I guess, think that far ahead that he just panicked was a little hard to believe. He's obviously, they've painted him to be a genius. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for, he created that whole Met yeah. in dubstep canon. I mean, of course, Varric helped, but... He's the one who finished it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a weird... I don't know. I understand they did it to get the plot moving the way they wanted it to. But I kind of wish that they would have shown... If they had more time. If they took out Remembrances and a few other episodes. (laughs) Like you talked about, I think, last episode. If they would have taken out those unnecessary episodes, they could have spent so much time in this time we're in which i would have much rather had yeah because this is the fun stuff yeah like die even even if we just had a whole episode on patar jr and kavir's relationship like dissecting it or just like getting to see more of it and how it how they function together yeah that uh, even a whole episode on that would have been so much better than some of the other episodes we've had agreed 100 percent. especially because well you know and i talked about this i think in one of the first episodes i was in that i my memory of this season was that um they had done a really good job of painting her not as a bad guy but as just a person who made who became evil like power corrupts kind of a thing and then of course rewatching the season it was like they were hitting you in the face with it no kuvira is literally hitler like they like the characters were telling us the audience without without us actually seeing her being truly evil you know we couldn't really tell and so that was kind of disappointing so i i think that if they would have not shoved it down our throat that she was evil and then like you said spent the time to further develop like her relationships with other people it would have been a lot more interesting because i do i think you know i i think that that makes a more compelling villain like i've complained about ozai the problem with ozai was that he was pure evil for the sake of evil Mm -hmm. and kuvira had the opportunity to be one of those villains that was very three-dimensional and had lots of personality and you could even though she made horrible mistakes and maybe was was a bad person there was that gray area there that made her feel like a human being, not just yeah. not just a villain. Mm-hmm. So, and I get that maybe she, it's because we don't because you know Hitler is a terrible human being, so we don't 
give a shit that he cared about people. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, he's such a horrible person that he... There's nothing there's that could no, justify don't anything. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of what they were trying to do with Kavira, but I, it's fiction, so, like, <laughs> you explore something a little more interesting, I guess. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what they did with this episode with Herman Batara Jr., and I'm glad that I remembered that correctly, because that was one of the things I really did like, was that you could tell, like, that was... She had to steal herself in that moment. Like, she was going to cry, and she buried those emotions and turn them off like mm. a great dictator does turn yeah. those emotions off for the sake of the goal and that should have been right there the point of no return she's turned her emotions off she has nothing left to live for besides the goal and if she can't achieve the goal then what's and the point as a viewer it's scary because you're like wow she's willing to sacrifice her own fiance she's willing to do go this far to carry out her plan so you're, you you kind of have that like impending doom feeling like they're not going to make it out of this. Yeah, because how do they stop her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, like it's just like how, you know, going back to book three of The Last Airbender, how how was Aang, not counting the ass pull they did, how was Aang supposed to stop Ozai mm -hmm. other than a fight to the death? They just, yeah. you know. So now you kind of see that same thing happening again where it's like, how does Korra do this? How mm -hmm. is she, she can't talk her way out of it. Mm -hmm. You would think yeah i oh it's so hard not to get ahead of ourselves because i already want to talk about like the ending i feel like because we're gonna watch part one and part two together and do a longer episode i feel like it's gonna be extra long because there's so much i want to say about it even yeah. just now leading up to it it just leading up watching these episodes and you know how it's gonna end it it puts so much on your mind to when we get to these episodes i feel like i'm just gonna have a ton to just say put out there because it's now rewatching it and knowing how it's going to end and us doing a podcast about it and purposely having to go through each episode, just things start coming up in your head constantly, every episode, you mm -hmm. know? But it's hard because I want to talk about it now, but I'm like, no, got to save it. <laughs> got to save it. It's so hard because so much that happens in this episode is tied to the the end of the season. Yeah. Like all of it. Mm -hmm. there, there's no lost minutes in mm -hmm. this episode which is nice that's how it should be yeah even stuff like prince Wu coming up with this evacuation plan and getting on the radio and calming everyone down after mako messed everything up that that even is still tied to the end because it's showing you that he is someone that can you know achieve good things but little things like that you know redeeming his character finally and it doesn't feel wasted yeah yeah and it it took one scene to do that yep you know exactly for us to be like okay well i mean still don't care for him but like Maybe yeah. he can do his job decently. <laughs> Bare minimum, he can at least... I mean, he'll be better than the last Earth Queen who was brainwashing everyone and... Exactly. Anyway, yeah, great episode, though. This was um, one of my favorite episodes so far this season. I um, agree. Like I said, no wasted minutes, lots of action. Well, not lots of action, but, you know, action that mattered. Mm -hmm. And Huge when there was no action, it was entertaining. It was like, yeah. oh, they're they're coming up with a plan. They're doing something, you know? It wasn't just everyone sitting around doing absolutely nothing. It was stuff's moving. That's what I loved about it. Same. And, and the action. I mean, the giant mech, kind uh, of annoying, but I mean, I get it. You know. Either way, it was still a good episode. Yeah. Probably one of the best we've seen. Definitely. And I was telling Jackie before we recorded, this was an episode that made me want to keep watching. Mm -hmm. Like, if we didn't have to record this and I just was watching it, I probably would have finished the season. It was so hard to stop. It was. Because it's like, oh, I know what's coming next. 
Yeah. And it had such a, in the cliffhanger at the end of the episode, like, you don't, like, we know, but, like, even though we know, we still have the same feeling as we did the first time we watched it of, oh my gosh, now what? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I don't really have much else to say because it was such, like, a pretty good episode. It's one of those things where... Apparently, the only thing we know how to talk about is complaining. I know. Let's see if I took any other notes. You know when we don't spend a lot of time talking about an episode, it was good. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. Because if we're spending, if, if an episode's like, well, that's not true because I'm like, so I'll be editing. I'm like, dang, we spent like 40 minutes talking about this, but it's us like getting off track talking about like Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Like, dissecting it to a particular character. But I mean, if we don't spend a lot of time talking about the episode, it's usually a good episode. Now, when we spend tons of time on it, it's usually us just tearing it apart, ripping it to shreds, you know. We're really good about hating on things, yeah, not very good are. about loving on things. Yeah. But our hate is our love language. Exactly. Hating is our love language. <laughs> Honestly. You know what? I'm going to compare it to, like, when you're in elementary school and you like a boy, and so you, you pick, like, on him? pick on them. <laughs> That's how our love for Avatar, or Korra, is... Um, displayed we pick on it yep to show our love show that we like it you know yeah (laughs) that makes sense right sure maybe someone will understand someone out there if you have our love language let us know (laughs) (laughs) if you do abuse things too (laughs) that's so bad (laughs) someone messages us they're like that is me I abuse. Like, That's I my love language. I love. I'm like, you need help. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not physically abusing anything, just verbally. <laughs> That's not any bad. I know. Okay, this isn't related, but one time my <laughs> and I were listening to Delilah on the radio. Hey and there, Delilah. That song? No, it was like the the DJ, Delilah. Have you ever heard no, of her? No, I don't know who the fuck oh, that is. I thought she's you're been on about... for years and she's like, I don't oh, even know channel? what station she's what? on. All right. So but Delilah. she comes on like later at night. And me and Isaac were driving home one day, and she was someone had called in and was talking about like something between her and her like best friend or boyfriend or something I can't remember. And Delilah was like, "That's verbal abuse." Me and Isaac looked at each other, and I'm like, "Dang, we've been verbally abusing each other our whole lives." <laughs> That's what I think of now when I think of verbal abuse. Delilah, she called <laughs> us all out. Uh, I wish I knew who Delilah was, but I know. I literally thought you were talking about the song. I was like, what does that have to do with I'm like, where is she going with this? I, I that was the verbal away. abuse is having to listen to Plain White Tees. Yeah, that's verbal abuse. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this episode. Do you? Nope. Uh, great episode. Check One of the it best out. so far. Check it out. Yeah. You won't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is all staying in. Yeah. Like, no <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to because it's only like a twenty-five. I know. Episode. And then when we cut out all the stuff with the dogs, <laughs> we'll just this is we'll call this the unedited. <laughs> Don't edit anything else. We'll just like send it in, just like, as is, just as is. This is an as is episode. Take it or leave it. <laughs> All right. We have to fill the time in. It's like when you need to reach your word count. This is what it is. <laughs> we don't edit anything. Just repeat the same thing using different words. Exactly. All right. Have we reached our word count? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Um, 
So next episode will be a longer episode. Yes, because we're doing part one and part two. All right. Exciting. Yes. And we'll see you then. Bye. Dun, 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 dun. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar and on Facebook at Non-Essential Media. We appreciate your support and we will see you next episode.